All right, everybody, we are glad to be back for another episode of the Balanced Blues Brothers podcast. We kind of broke our hiatus with Stu Flaherty uh, earlier midweek to review Burrow. But now we are finally back as a you know balanced Blues Brothers crew, so to speak. So today I'm going to be joined by Score and Ola um, for this episode to review the 1-0 home win over Fulham yesterday in the Premier League. So there's a decent amount to unpack in terms of you know larger context, the run of you know wins we're on in the Premier League. But I think that you know we can kind of look at this from two ways. We look at it through that lens um, and you know see that yeah things are looking better. But I think that in my opinion, and we'll get into this as we review the match, you know the that four win run maybe doesn't underlie the, the Fulham performance as much, or that you know that four uh, four wins in a row. I think that the Fulham match showed a lot of improvements for midweek against Burrow because midweek against Burrow was, I mean. If you've already listened to our previous episode recover or you know covering that material, the midweek game against Burrow was uh, pretty much pathetic from top down, you know, management to players to just everything. It was not at the class required. We were outclassed by a championship side with a lot of uh, with a lot of guys filling in for injured players and you know a very young manager and Michael Carrick. But um, so with that in mind, I was looking forward in this match against Fulham to see if we could do a lot of the things that we didn't do well against Burrow midweek, which was a, can we have people sit between the lines and build up play? Cause against Burrow, we didn't, we had a lot of guys standing statically within the lines and not moving. I wanted to see how Caicedo worked in the buildup because he was completely ineffective against Burrow midweek. And, you know, a lot of times it's isolated in three B one, four B one numerical disadvantages. So basically we had, Completely no central option for a build-up play against Burrow, so I was looking for that. I was also looking to see in the final third, what do we do? Do we just do a bunch of sterile U-shaped passing? Because um, we did against Burrow. Um, and I also was looking at how are we using our striker and Cole Palmer because so many so many times, and especially in in to that effect, what knock-on effect does that have on Enzo? How are we how do we use him? Because I think in Burrow there were several times where Cole Palmer was literally dropping into the deeper block of the midfield lines just to receive the ball because he couldn't, which caused Enzo to move further up the field. And I think that we've all agreed from watching this Chelsea team from Potter to Pochettino that Enzo's usage has been puzzling to say the least and in many ways is minimizing the talents that he has. So those are a lot of the things that I was looking at uh, against Fulham. And I think that we saw positive responses in a lot of those areas, right? I think I noticed very quickly, even in the first couple minutes, you know, that that we were having players getting in between the lines, right? We were having our buildup have that. And if you watched the match yesterday, you know, and I know this is the highest barometer we could go for, but if you watched the match yesterday with Man City and Newcastle, watch Man City's buildup play. There's always people moving in and out between the lines because that's how you create buildup play options. That's how you create outlets. That's how you create spaces, Right. So I wanted to see less static, less predictable front line stuff. And I thought we saw more of that. Um, but I'm getting ready to turn it over to you, Score. But I think despite seeing some of those improvements, I still think there were a lot of things yesterday that are concerning. Um, we still struggle to create chances from open play. Uh, at least, you know, what I will say from that is you can point to the metrics. But I think that the metrics don't really tell the story, which is, yeah, we might create these, you know, statistical 
outcomes, right, in XG. But very rarely, it doesn't feel like we're finishing those. And I thought defensively we looked better, but we got a little nervy at the end. So I would say yeah. in totality, you know, it was an improvement, but we're still nowhere near, you know, the final product of what we need as far as the improvements we're trying to achieve. However, there's a lot of season to be played, so maybe this is the beginning of something. So I'm kind of just saying that, yeah, I thought it was better, but let's be let's be cautiously optimistic. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, um, you know, with a one nil penalty kick winner uh, against Fulham. So that's kind of where I'm at. What what was your you know kind of thoughts of the game and and uh, just kind of first half impressions? Yeah, I mean, I uh, the I, I agree with what a lot of what you said. Um, the there were definitely improvements from the middle of the game. Um, it was good to see. I thought Enzo Fernandez was playing a bit deeper, which was good to see. Uh, he was given man of the match as well by um, uh, by TNT Sports as well. Uh, he was, and it was one of his best games for a long time. That was that was positive to see right from the start. You could see he was playing deeper than he had been. He wasn't playing up as a ten, um, and he was winning tackles as well. He was defensively doing his job. Um, deeper as well, and that was positive. Um, like you say, there are um, there are concerns still for sure. Um, keeping a clean sheet is a good thing, though. Uh, I wasn't like there were only a few moments where I was actually worried that Fulham would score. I mean, they had a few moments, you know, where uh, the William free kick and and a few kind of counter attacks that they had, um, which looked dangerous. Um, but I didn't feel like they were kind of pounding our penalty area. Like, I mean, like, remember against Luton, we had, I think they had 32 crosses in the last 10 minutes or something like that. Um, I don't think Fulham got that in the whole game. But that nervy thing at the end, um, I think that's an experience partly because, and I think also because after Luton, your confidence would have been shaken, you know, of seeing for seeing our games because you can see the two goals in the last what, 10, 15 minutes of the game. So I can understand why they were a little nervous towards the end, although obviously that's something you want to eliminate um, as time goes on. Um, but the more games you have like that, where you actually see it out and keep a clean sheet um, and win, that gives you more confidence. So hopefully the fact that we saw it out yesterday and kept a clean sheet and won the game will give them a bit of confidence going forward but you're right it's, it was kind of like this I've seen these kind of performances before like not just from this team but from other teams where you're not playing brilliantly um, you've had a bad result um, and you just have to and you're not in the best of form overall but you just have to grind out a win uh, and that's what we did yesterday it wasn't a brilliant performance um, it was a solid performance um, and you know, yeah, Fulham had a few chances, but I was, you know, it didn't, I just, I just wasn't like, I thought they might get an equaliser. I didn't think they would win. Um, I didn't think they were going to win the game. But uh, but we ground it out. You know, we, we dealt with a lot of attacks. I thought um, Levi Cole had a much better game, even though he was playing left back. He had a much better game than um, than he's had midweek, certainly. Uh we were pushing him a lot higher up the field yeah. than we have in the past, too. That was, like, one thing that I noticed is that 
sometimes during the final third play, he was actually like joining the midfield, the, the like the midfield line of, you know, so he would usually yeah. attack in like a two, three, a two, like a two, three, five or something like that. He was usually pushing out of the defensive line into the midfield line. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I how good his passing is as well. His forward passing is excellent. Um, but uh, Achillo came on, and then I know one of the guy had a guy at Pochettino for playing him left wing again. But um, first, I didn't need see the need to play him, bring him on at left back because Nebo was doing a perfectly solid job there. And also, I think well, the one thing I noticed when he came on is he he calmed it down a little bit. You could see his experience. You know, he he's he's he knows how to see out games. He's got experience of seeing out games. Um, and there was a little bit of calm that came on when he came on, especially on that side of the pitch. We we got I think we won two corners on that side about in the in the five minutes after he came on, and he was part of winning those corners. Um, and he let, so it was good. It was actually nice to see him on the pitch because um, a bit more experience, you know, can help close out games uh, wherever he's playing on the pitch. So I was pleased with that. Hopefully he'll be starting starting regularly uh, once he's fully fit again. Um, I mean, the penalty um, was a great, was well taken by Cole Palmer. Cole Palmer, had a, I thought, had a decent game. Um, you know, he was involved in a lot of things, as usual. Uh, so that was positive. Um, I was, like, Brodia had a difficult game, but there was one chance in the first half, I think, where um, Enzo got a cross in. Um, uh, and it was a really good cross. And... Um, there was some good movement from Breyer to win to win a header, which was not an easy header to win. Um, he headed it just wide, but the movement to get in that position was good. Um, I understood why they took him off, um, but um, that was one thing I, I, I liked about Breyer in that game. Not saying he had a great game, but that was a positive. Um, and I, I was again, I keep getting impressed with Caicedo. He keeps getting criticised for some reason, but. Um, I I've, I've I've seen nothing but good from him. Really, he you know he wins a lot of tackles. He's positionally quite good. His passing was was better yesterday than it was in midweek. Um, again, we're not playing brilliantly at the moment. It's not fluid football. It's not you know we're still not seeing enough kind of tactical patterns that we should be. Um, all those kind of things that everyone's concerned about. But um, grinding out the win in those circumstances and coming off a bad defeat when people are probably low on confidence, um, it's probably it's a step forward, I think. Obviously, there's lots of improvement we have to make and lots of you know things we have to work on, and that, that's that's definitely true. Um, we're not, I don't think anyone's celebrating like we've won the Champions League or suddenly we're, but everything's going to be okay because it's not. Um, but... Uh, it's a positive step forward and to grind out a 1-0 win at home when you're not in the best of form. Uh, you know, and Fulham are, have been playing pretty well recently. Um, that's a positive step forward. And hopefully we can, you know, they'll have a few, they've got a few days off now. They can have a bit of a rest, clear their heads a bit, you know, refresh, and then come back and hopefully with a bit more confidence to uh, play the second leg of that semi-final because we've got to win that. You know, that's that's a must-win game. Um if we don't win that, if we go out, then Pochettino's going to be under a lot of pressure um, because the owners want European football this year of some kind, whether that's Conference League or Europa League or whatever. It won't be Champions League. But, um, yeah, and 
you know, I think we're good enough to, to get Conference League football. I don't think that that's an unreasonable expectation. But, um, yeah, so there we are. It's kind of step forward, but not like everything's brilliant. That's, that's what I would say. Oh, what's kind of your breakdown from the match yesterday? Yeah, I, I completely agree with a lot of what um, Score and Travis have said. I, I, I agree that yesterday the the result was much more important than the performance. Uh, everyone wants to win the game comfortably. Everyone wants to score a lot of goals, keep playing sheets. But in the situation that we were, we needed the win and we needed the clean sheet. And I think Petrovic, I'll give Petrovic a lot of credit for the clean sheet we kept yesterday because uh, Poulan did put some pressure on us. And I, I like I like what I've seen from Petrovic so far since he came into the side in the, um, following Sanchez's injury. I, I like what I've seen from him. I think, I mean, the, we, we, we managed the situation well. But I don't think we managed as well as we could have the, the pressure from Fulham, that is. So I think Petrovic, you know, when he was called upon, he made the saves that he needed to make. And we got the clean sheet. It's one thing to say, oh, a lot of pressure has been put on our goal. But if the goalkeeper makes the three saves he needs to make a game, then we'll have a lot more clean sheets. So there's that. As for the, as for the game, granted, we could have been more comfortable, but... We're out of 10th place for the first time in a long time, so that's important. We... <laughs> We're out of 10th place, which is good, and we needed this win to be out of 10th place. I think if we had won by more, we would have entered 7th, but we'll, we'll take 8th we'll take place for now, and this is, how, this is how we build. I think we still have a... Games are still generally... First of all, it particularly worries me that in every single game, the last five, ten minutes, <laughs> the last five, ten minutes turn out to be this Champions League final that I mean CF Central mentioned it that uh, you know it's we just we just um, have the situation where we are closing in the game, we are comfortable, and then towards the end of the game it becomes a back and forth, end to end, everyone is clearing the, the ball of the line, last the tackles. It doesn't have to be like that. You should be able to see out games more comfortably. But like Scott mentioned, that's probably something that I will get more with, you know, with um, more experience. So the important thing is to see out games. Even if you have to make, you know, last tackles and clearances, see out games, get the win, get the clean sheet, and then we can build from there. Our attacking is not great. And I still think that we... we Spend more on the forwards, win the ball high up the pitch. Gallagher plays a, a, a very big role in that. He tackles, winning the ball, pressing. But we are not, we are still not as good as we could be creating chances from build-up. From back to front, ball movement. Travis mentioned the movement of players. And Kevin Nekera mentioned at the end of last yesterday's game that, you know, Yes, I made the pass, but Oscar Oscar Bob made the run. And if Bob doesn't make that run, there's no pass to be made. And I've mentioned that several times that you can't just turn to a creator and say, you're supposed to have passing skill, why are you not creating chances? Movement has to happen. 
when several when when the the, the ball carrier has a lot of options, he can make passes. He can choose from the passes and know okay, that's the option I'm going to put in. See, but if there are no options, then the one person that is running will be picked up. If there are no options and one person starts making a run, the defenders will notice. Oh, that guy is is the one that that that, that the player wants to pass to, and he will get on that. So many times it's creation actually is more dependent on the players around the ball carrier more than it's on the ball carrier because he can make the pass. He has the he has passing range. But he's not going to if he tries to pass the ball to someone who's not making a run, all goes out of play and possession is wasted. So movement helps, especially a team that doesn't have that many. I mean we don't have any KDBs. We don't have any players that can offer that kind of creation at the level that KDB does, at the level that Bruno Fernandez does. What we need is ball movement. Even if we not ball movement, player movement. If we move the ball, if we move, if players move in the final third, in the middle third, as well as they could, I think we have enough decent passes to create some very good chances. But we are decision making in the final third has to be much better. Sterling hasn't really been great, and it has been going on for quite a while. So I think I think um, Modric has not also been great, and I think Sterling has still been much more effective than Modric. Then again, maybe that's not really difficult to, to, to do, but it, it says a lot that Sterling is not having several games and is keeping some forwards out of the side. I think Sterling is a very effective player, but most of what he offers is off the ball runs and dribbling, and his dribbling is not is not that great. It hasn't been great for Chelsea, and if that's all, the only way he's going to try to uh, create chances, then it means that the players will just wait for him. He tries to dribble, they win the ball back, and we lose possession. But Sterling has been effective in how the impact he has had is runs, his dribbles, his passing. He generally has been very effective for us, but he hasn't had um, very good games that much. I think the the the, the left back situation for me is I'm still not comfortable with it because um, someone mentioned <laughs> someone mentioned someone mentioned that. Uh, we were not our our fullbacks or or from, from our left hand side. Anyway, we choose that the centre back that is playing them, and that's just how it feels like to me. When Chiwa came on yesterday and was moved straight to to left wing, and if that's what we are still going to be seeing from Pochettino and his tactical systems, then I don't know how long we can continue to defend this. But does that? It's a super situation for me. It's not um, something that we can continue to talk about because we've said everything that needs to be said. But some people seem to think that since Yago Spa shouldn't be starting as much, he's trying to say he's watched and he hasn't been good. And I think for centre-backs, it's very easy to think they're not doing bad if they're not doing many things wrong. But if you don't do many things in the first place, you don't have a lot of chances to do many things wrong. And if, for instance, we get countered or we can see the goal, and Thiago Silva is not in the frame. If he doesn't have any mid-action, doesn't have any dribble pass, doesn't have any early leading to go, but he's not in position to even make any of those actions. He's not in position to make a clearance, and what that means is a centre-back can have a bad game, 
and still win all his duels because the few times he's there to win the duels, he, he wins them. But the time when he's not there, the team is in trouble. So there's that. I think we could do better in build up, which I would say we did. Yeah, I'll say we did do better in build up. In the final third, we weren't that great. It could also be the way Plum's press works because I think there was a game we played, and I remember pointing out that the Fulham press is such that when you hit the first phase or the first line of the press, you have a lot of space to work with. So maybe it is that. But I'll, I'll, I'll take the win on the clean sheets. We needed that. We've not had a clean sheet in a while. And we, so we've been winning games. It's not been that, you know. And there's a reason why I intent anyway. So I'll say I'll take the win on the clean sheet ultimately. But we could improve. Like Travis said, cautious optimism. We shouldn't think, oh, We've rounded a corner. What would you just do is make sure that we take the positives and negatives, work on the negatives, keep doing the positives, and we should become much better. Yeah, I think that's, you know, I, I think you guys covered it well. There's still there's still things that are not really at the at the state that we need them at. But I think that the, you know, there there's still encouraging signs. But I just, man, I don't know. I just don't know where this team is going to trend. But I think that the, the, the bottom line here is that we're reaching the point now where top six is becoming doable, right? You know, we, we have, if we can take care of business and really just minimize the amount of losses that we have the rest of the season, I mean, sixth place is very doable. Right now we're a game in hand, but only three points off West Ham. You know, I, I think, when you look at West Ham's squad, it's hard to argue that the talent that they have is 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 larger than our talent. But I think the other thing about West Ham that you could say is that I, I don't know if I would disagree with somebody um, if they were to say that David Moyes in 2024 is a better manager than Maurizio Pochettino. And, I, and that might sound pretty outlandish at first, but just look at what Moyes has accomplished at West Ham. I feel like he's continually done more with less compared to what we have seen out of Pochettino at Chelsea so far. So I think that if we're looking at this match in the larger context, I think it gives hope that top six is, is, is obtainable now. But that's the thing is that if, if we start as a club internally looking and thinking about, well, if, you know, if this team drops points, then we can pass them. I think that's the wrong way to approach it. I really think that we need to look at this as we just need to continue to take care of business and minimize losses. And in that way, we don't have to worry about what everybody else does. So I, I think that and if we were to get top six, I think it's a very of being objective here. I think that's a success. Right. I really do. I think given that where if we have a, a squad this young that can get into the sixth place, I think then that, then that shows a lot and probably gives some some you know, validity in the idea that Pochettino might be able to stick around more than one season. But like I said initially, if we get ahead of ourselves, all of this is for naught. We need to just really approach this one match at a time and focus on the results right now. Um, I, I just think when I looked at yesterday, I saw, okay, some things are getting better, um, mainly build-up play. I think the final third, we're still struggling a lot outside of Cole Palmer. We're really struggling. And I feel like a lot of times, too, when I watch final third, it just feels like the players are so slow to react. And I'm not I'm not an expert on Pochettino's final third tactics, right? It's not as something that's you know widely available. Or if it is, maybe I just haven't sought it out. But I, I'm not really seeing a whole lot 
in the final third. And I think that if that does, that's like the one thing that I'm still the most concerned about is that play. And I think that our over our overall, our defensive record has improved since we've moved from, you know, Sanchez to, to Petrovic. I think that's probably, I see at least that the, that the Sanchez experiment should be over with given what we've seen out of Petrovic recently. And just given the nature of the squad, I, I, I don't think Sanchez deserves a place back in the squad both on merit and on squad building principles. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I I guess the question I want to pose to you guys is there's this continual issue and and score just highlighted it in our chat. You know, Enzo, Enzo is making what, what did you say? It was 2.1 expected assists. Um, And, and how many does he have this entire season? Like zero, zero, his zero assists. So this is a continual theme, right? And we saw this early on. The XG was way outperforming the actual goal output. You know, I think defensively we've seen some solidity lately. Pretty much after the horror run of matches with United, Newcastle, and City, where we were just like, you know, bleeding goals. I think that we've really calmed down a lot since then. Yeah, the competition has declined. But I think that we've worked some things out. We're starting to see a little more solidity. We're going to get, you know, Body of Shield back soon there's hope, right, that things are going to be trending in the right direction. So I think what I would ask you guys, and and I'll let both of you answer, or at least, you know, one answer, and and then the next one kind of continues on from there. Do we think that this trend of, you know, XG underperformance, right, in terms of how the XG is higher than the actual outcome? We've seen this throughout a lot of the season, and we've actually seen more recently where the XG has declined, right? If you look at a a rolling average this season – We've actually hit the point recently where the opponent's XG on a rolling average is exceeding our own. So I, I think that's where I'm now worried. And that that gets to this issue of we've played a lot of low block sides recently, right? And, and that is a continual thing that we struggle against. I think that we still struggled yesterday outside of the penalty, which, by the way, was it a mate? I don't know if anybody really noticed what Palmer did, but he basically kind of looked like he was going to take a shot and then, and then played that just really nice weighted pass that fooled the defense right to Sterling and credit to Sterling. He, you know, he did his job earned the penalty, but had Sterling, let's say Sterling dove there and didn't get a PK, right. Didn't get enough contact. And he was just trying to draw the PK. We don't score. We probably don't score yesterday. And that's where I'm still most worried about. I think that's going to be, that's going to be where we regress if we're, and I think that's ultimately what will be the downfall of us because I haven't looked at the shots conceded as much lately, but I do know that earlier on the shots conceded were alarming to the point of nothing that we were doing was sustainable when we had post-United 190 shots allowed, I think, post-United match. that I feel like just watching the games that that has calmed down, you know, that, and this is an eye test thing. This isn't necessarily a stat thing. But what do you guys think? Do you think that, do you think that offensively now that's where we have to improve if we're going to get sixth place? And if so, how are we going to break these low blocks down? Because um, I, I think tactically the way our buildup is right now, it's just way too slow. It's way too, you know, it, it just looks very labored on the ball many times. And in my opinion, we're not using width as nearly as um, as much as we could or should specifically with weak side attackers. I think that's where, and I hate to say this, but watch City yesterday. Overload, 
find the weak side switch, enter into the final third. So I think that's where we have to really improve going forward. What do you guys think? Because I, I think that's the biggest crux for us getting top six right now. Well, um, my, I just had a look at the XG stats for yesterday. We, um, our team XG was 2.19, and we had 17 shots. Um, three of them were on target. Um, and Fulham's XG was 0.86, um, although they had more shots on target than we did, which is interesting. Um, only one more shot, though. It wasn't like they had loads more shots on target. Um which is like, yeah, we, we created, we so we, we had a lot of shots, but we didn't have a lot of shots on target. And I I don't know, and there's, a, there's a part of me that thinks that maybe Pochettino worked on our attack for a while, try and get a scoring and get our confidence in scoring goals at the cost of defence. And we started conceding a lot of goals and a lot of chances. So, you know, like the 4-4 against Manchester City, the, you know, the 2-2 against Arsenal, the, um, you know, that, those kind of results. Three, we scored three against Brighton. Uh, home, um, you know, we were scoring. We we're actually scoring a lot of goals, um, but uh, obviously the defence wasn't sustainable. Uh, and you're right, the defence has improved um, in recent games. And Petrovic has definitely been a part of that because I think he, I think it's not just that he's a he's a better keeper. I think he just his presence kind of gives confidence to the centre backs. That's a really important thing for a goalkeeper. You've got to you've got to give your centre backs confidence in you so that. They're not. Well, they're not. They're not. Haven't got you in the back of their mind. They're like, oh, I can't miss this because he won't save it. Which certain other goalkeepers we've had, I think, don't communicate that. Um, but Petrovic kind of gives that confidence that he can, that he can defend his goal, and he's made a lot of good saves, um, important saves, you know, which have kept us in games. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's always the trick at Chelsea because what we've seen in the last few years, you've kind of gone from one extreme to the other. Well, like, you know, Frank Lampard's first spell, you know, scored a lot of goals, pretty good going forward, but like couldn't defend. And Thomas Tuchel, we came in and we couldn't, we didn't score as many goals, but we defended really well. Like, uh, like really, really well. Like, um, <laughs> um, you know, it's one of the best defences we've had apart from the, uh, you know, 15, apart from the 2005 title winning team, which only conceded 15 goals. Um by the way, 25 clean sheets in that season in the Premier League, um, which is incredible. But but yeah, it's kind of we've got to get it's getting that balance between creating enough chances to score and keeping clean sheets. And we need to a good obviously top teams are able to ha have that balance completely, you know. But uh I still think we lack a kind of a dependable goal scorer up front who's going you know is gonna take a chance if they get it. You know, who isn't going to miss, like, you know, scorable chances. Like, so we don't, like a player that's going to, you're not going to have to say, oh, they should have scored that. They should have scored that. That was, you know, but who just take those chances. So that, you know, who give you confidence that you can always get a goal, no matter how you're playing. Um, we need a player like that, I think. Um, and I have a lot of faith in Nicholas Jackson. He's not, obviously he's not around at the moment. Um but he's still got to develop. He's still got developing to do to be to become that. He could and become that. Just on Jackson, I think it's very obvious that I don't know about you guys, but we are yeah. a much better attack with Jackson on the side than we are with Broya. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, and I, I, I constantly defending Nicholas Jackson on uh, on Twitter, and people keep saying he's rubbish, and like, and I'm like, he's got eight non-penalty goals, and he's only been a striker for twelve months of his career, like. 
it's his first season in the Premier League. Like, um, you know, he's never played in the Premier League. He's 21 or 22. Like, this is good. This is this is positive. If he keeps improving, which he will, because he'll get because he's 21, he's going to get better and he works really hard. Um, you know, I mean, he could get 15 non-penalty goals in the Premier League this season potentially still. Um, and that's and that will go up next year if he improves. So. Uh, the problem is that he's not around at the moment and also that he's not 100% dependable at the moment because he's still a young player. But, you know, I've got no problem with that because I don't mind giving young players at that time. I'm not, I'm not I'm not harsh on him at all because I know he's a young player who's still developing and because he has the right attitude, I think. He wants to develop and he wants to be better and he wants to, you know, become a top player and he works really hard. And during games, even if he's not scoring, he still contributes a lot to the game. Uh, that got like against Luton. He was he was really important for that 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 third goal. You know his his hold up play was excellent. So, um, but I still think we need a kind of a person up there who we know is going to score a goal. No matter like if you're playing badly and he gets one chance, he'll score it. Like um, that can help you win games that you maybe shouldn't win as well. So even if you're not playing well, you might still nick a win. I mean, how many times has that happened to us where we've played well? They've had one chance and they've scored and they've, they've won the game. Like it's, We need someone who's going to do that for us. And I'm not saying it has to be like a big name or a big money striker, but we need someone like who's going to come in and you can depend on. Um, you know, and obviously we don't know if Nkunku's coming back. Nobody knows how long he's out for. Um, it'd be nice if he could come back because he can score goals. We know he can score goals. That will add goals to the, the attack. And it will add creativity because he can make something out of nothing. Um Certainly, when he played against um, Crystal Palace, we looked like we were more the other. He made the other attackers around him better. Like all the other attackers looked like they were on the same wavelength, and he was linking it all up. Um, so I'm hoping that um, that we can get him back. But um, and we don't know what Chelsea are going to do in the market yet. So yeah, I mean, I, I looked at the data. I did this for an article that like um, our, our expect our our. Um, win percentage in the Premier League is about 42% at the moment. Um, uh, and our overall win percentage this season is like 48%. Right? So if you go somewhere in between that and, you know, towards the end of the season, I kind of looked at how many wins that would mean in the remaining Premier League games. And we'd end up with somewhere between 55 to 60 points, you know, depending on, you know, obviously injuries. depend And, like, that's not even factoring in, like, potential return of Nkunku and Chilwell's return and Lavia potentially and then maybe signing a striker. So there's a good chance we can get, like you said, there's a really realistic chance we can get top six. Um, but we need we, you're right, we do need to score goals. And but we've got to be able, we've got to score more goals without without conceding more chances. That's the trick. Um so that and that's up to Pochettino, you know, because um you know, the, the, the goal is to, get, is to get some European football this season. If he doesn't get any kind of European football, I don't think he'll be in the job next season. Um, if he does, he's got he's got a chance of being in next season. Uh, yeah, the other but, thing I want to mention is there's a, there's a disconnect between the amount of, of shots we've taken and our XG. Because we're second in XG in the league, which actually now that I think about it has a lot to do with um, winning the most penalties this season in the league. But we're ninth for shots taken. And at the beginning of the season, we're, we're, I think, first or second. We're creating the big chances. We're scoring the goal. Well, we're not scoring the goals, but we're taking the shots, creating big chances. 
But now we are ninth in shorts and we are second in XG, which means there's something about our XG that is, you know, making us. Um, there's something about our XG that is making us take few shots and rack up high XG, which is the penalties. Which means that our, our attack has, has been declining, like like Travis has said, and that's the biggest indication. So whether it's it's um, movement in the final third, whether it's decision making, whether it's chance creation, we need to fix that. Yeah, I think that that's kind of the biggest thing right now um, for me. So I think that's where we need to improve. If we're going to continue to build upon what we have, because we have defensive reinforcements coming back, it really can't get much worse than us uh, right now with the injuries and the situation we've had prior. So, yeah, I think that we'll see where it goes. I think that, you know, everybody's kind of saying similar things here today, which is, yeah, it was a good win, um, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. We got to still, you know, take this one match at a time and look for steady improvements. But I think the big thing is there was definitely a response from the squad from a player and tactic standpoint compared to the Burrow match uh, midweek. So we'll see how we go the rest of the way. Next match is second leg against Burrow. You know, we'll, we'll go from there. But thanks for coming on, guys. Good episode.